0: Welcome to another episode of UEFA Women's Euro 2022 Hot Takes. I'm Kelly Summers, back with you. And in this series, we get to meet a range of incredible individuals all over Europe who work in women's football, from the pitch to the boardroom, the sidelines to the stands. We want to hear their hot takes on everything football and especially the tournament this summer. In this episode, we're focusing in on coaching and the shift from one side of the pitch lines to the other. Today, I'm chatting to Nadine Angera, whose stunning playing career spanned 20 years and she now works as a goalkeeping player coach for Portland Thorns of the National Women's Soccer League. Welcome along, Nadine. It's great to have you on the podcast. What's a career you had?
1: Thank you so much. And first of all, uh, thanks for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation.
0: Yeah, that's what we want is just have a chat now to dive into your experiences, both as I said, as a player and now as a coach. Let's talk about those remarkable years as a player then. Almost 150 caps for Germany, World Cups, Euros, Olympics. It was remarkable, wasn't it? When you look back on your career, how do you reflect on it all?
1: Yes, of course. I think uh, I had a very successful time. I always played in incredible teams. And so as much as uh, I really, really enjoyed my career, I also enjoy as much as I love to play. I really enjoy coaching now. Same enjoyment, the same passion. So it was an easy transition from being a player to being a coach now.
0: You must have so many wonderful stories and anecdotes that you can pass on now to the players that you coach. When you talk about your career, what are the highlights? What are the key moments that you talk about?
1: I mean there were in 20 years I think there are a lot of key moments and I'm of course thinking back about the 2007 World Cup it was my first tournament as number one was super excited then of course the 2013 European Championships was unbelievable with a very young young team and then but I also uh, yeah, look back to my first National Cup with in Potsdam. It was also an absolutely highlight in, in my career.
0: You mentioned there when you first were number one in 2007, you really had to bide your time, didn't you? And your opportunity came due to injury. That must be the unique life of a goalkeeper because there is only one position on the pitch to play. It must be an interesting relationship you have to have as a goalkeeper. Uh,
1: yes, <laughs> that's true. So... Yeah, like you said, there's one position and I was sitting on the bench for 10 years. And in the beginning of 2007, I I already made a decision. This is going to be my last tournament, because I think after 10 years, if I haven't made it by then, then yeah, it's time to discover other parts in life. And then what happened, Silke Rottenberg got um, injured. So I got finally the opportunity to be a starter. And, yeah, it was very excited, exciting moment. And, yeah, I still remember when Sylvia Knight came to me, it was like eight weeks before the World Cup, and she said, OK, you will be our starter now. And I remember I almost pooped in my pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that must have been, obviously, you didn't want your teammates to get injured, but that must have been an incredible moment, a moment where you go, all these years of hard work, all of this patience has paid off
1: yeah it's it, it's not easy I would lie to say it was easy but my advantage was I played in a very successful club in Germany at this time so I compensated like being number two sport in the national team um yeah to be the number one in a very very good club in Germany to be in a Potsdam at this time we won almost everything so that's how I could compensate a little bit the I don't want to call it frustration, but like the disappointment to sit on the bench in the national team.
0: You've been part of so many major tournaments with Germany. Of course, we're approaching another major tournament, the Euros, being held in England. What will the players be feeling like in the build up to this? Because there's been so much anticipation, hasn't there, for this tournament?
1: Uh, Seriously, I can't wait. I can't wait for this Euros. It's going to be amazing, Uh, especially that it takes place in in England. So many tickets got already sold. The teams, I think they are so close. It's, It's like it will be such an incredible tournament with so many strong teams like Germany, Spain, England. Um, Norway, Sweden, yeah, Netherlands, it's going to be a very excited tournament and I can't wait to see the games, to see the, the full stadiums, to see the young, incredible talents and the legends on the field. I'm really looking forward.
0: You mentioned there some of the teams that have already been tips to do well in this tournament, but let's talk a little bit more about Germany. Got quite a tough group, but how do you see them doing?
1: Well, it's going to be excited because they are such a young team. I think in the next years, uh, Germany is going to dominate in, in the world. will be one of the one or two or three top teams. Right now, they are in a developing phase. So let's see how this young group, young team is going to start and grow into this tournament. But Germany in general is a tournament team. We always have a good team spirit. We are very close and uh, we always fight until the end so Germany is always on the list who's able to win the tournament even with this young team.
0: Who are the key players from Germany, the ones that you're expecting to shine this year? Cause you mentioned young players, ones to watch.
1: Of course we, Germany still ha, has some experienced players like Alexandra Popp who just came back from injury but she is Uh, able to lead the team on and off the field. She's a great leader off the field as well. She has the ability to score important goals. And then same like uh, Sarah Deveritz, very experienced player. She plays for Paris, but she will move on to Lyon right now. So she has uh, um, experience. And then Almut Schultz, the goalkeeper. I don't know if she's going to be the starter, but uh, nevertheless... She will play an important role off the field. If she should be number two, she's going to lead the team, the young team off the field. And with her experience, she will lead the team and she will share her experience as well.
0: You mentioned before that Germany are good tournament teams. You won it five times, this competition. What is it about Germany and tournaments? How do they seem to know how to win these kind of format of competition?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't look too much ahead. I think in Germany, the teams I played in, we, we were competitive. And of course, we had our egos, of course. But when it came to tournaments, we all put our ego in the background. We always played team first, team first. And we always approached one game after the next game. We didn't look like to the final. So, we started with the first game in the tournament. then we said, "Okay, let's win this group." after we won this group, we tried to to set new targets, okay, let's reach the semifinal. So we always approach the tournament in pieces, and then, yeah, and then you need good characters, you need good leaders, you need hungry players. and um, this is I think a key factors if you are able to put your ego bag. These are key factors combined with talent to to become a winning team.
0: Is it as much the psychological side of things as it is you can have the best players but if you haven't got the right mentality or mentality of individual players as well, you won't win?
1: 100%. There's no chance you can have the best team in the world. If you don't have a good... it's It's my personal opinion. You can't win anything. I mean, There are teams, especially when I think about our 2013 final against Norway they definitely were the better team but I would say we had a better team spirit we won because of our team spirit we fought for each other uh, we had like at the bench if I re-watch the game and I see the bench cheering us on you can see we were not only 11 tight players we were like tight 23 players and The the bench is so key in this tournament. If you have a a bench, bench players who are not happy and they show every day everyone and they start to bring negative energy, you can't win this tournament. So you you need to engage the whole team, whole 23 players. You need to give everyone the feeling that everybody can be a, a key player at any moment. And I think this is where Germany does a really great job to involve Indicate every single player.
0: So much of that as well must be down to the coaching, something you know about now as well, the coaching and the manager, because surely the manager and the team around the manager have to instill that in the players too.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the, the coach is, of course, it's a, it's a key factor. The, the coach leads, of course, the tactics and everything, but nowadays you can have the, the best tactics. Uh, every team is well-educated. Every team has amazing talent. But I think a really good manager nowadays needs to create a winning team, needs to be able to to be a good leader, to create a, a team spirit. And yeah, so that's, that's my experience. And this is what I tell our players here in Portland as well.
0: We'll come on to your coaching journey a little bit more in just a moment because I'm fascinated here about the transition. But if we're going to talk about what makes a good tournament team, you need a good goalkeeper because of penalties as well, the possibility of penalty shootouts, a goalkeeper can win you a tournament. We saw it at the men's Euros last year in terms of Italy winning it on penalties. You were a bit of a penalty expert, weren't you?
1: (laughs) The expert? or I was lucky in the right moment. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You need a bit of both, don't you? You need skill and luck.
1: Yes, but the good thing is, uh, as a goalkeeper, you just can win this battle. There's nothing you can lose because everybody expects... A field player to score from 11 meters. Everybody expects that you convert a shot from 11 meters. So as a goalkeeper, what a great challenge! You just can win. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I have nothing to lose, so I'm gonna save this, make this impossible, make it happen. And this was my motivation. And that I I always um, thought to to face a PK is it's it's fun because you, because you just can win.
0: You say it's fun, but is there not massive pressure on you, or is do you just feel that all the pressure is on the penalty taker? Oh
1: I, no, I think this is a BK is the the situation in the game as a goalkeeper where you have the least pressure. I think this is the situation <laughs> that the players have the most pressure, and I enjoyed this this game when you finally just can be the winner. You just can win.
0: Did you practice penalties? Did you face them a lot in training in the build-up or was it more instinct? Because now we see, don't we, particularly, we see players going up or goalkeepers going up with things written on water bottles about which way each penalty taker is going to take it. How much did you look into penalties before games? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. So, so uh, of course, I, I scout field players, and uh, I have a whole list of, of PK takers, and I share my knowledge with our goalkeepers here. But uh, when I was playing, I didn't want to know anything. I just followed my instinct, and over the years, I created more or less my own theory about PK takers. I had a feeling if someone is scared... Uh, to take a PK, then I knew as a right foot, you go more with the inside and a safe spot. If you were like self-confident, I knew they're going to take it with the lasers and just smash it. So I I smelled it. And I think with experience, you can feel if someone is scared or if someone is self-confident. So that was my only theory. I I know there are so many theories around taking PKs, but... I didn't take too much uh, attention to these theories, which are great, but didn't work for me.
0: Let's move on to talk about the transition into coaching then. Did you know, even as a young player, that you always wanted to go into coaching?
1: Oh, absolutely not, no, no, no. So after I retired, my plan was to travel around the world for one year, at least, uh, with a backpack. And then I retired here in Portland, in America, and then I flew home to Germany, get ready to uh, travel the world. And then Portland called me again. And they were like, hey, would you would you come back and become the goalkeeper coach here? I'm like, oh, uh, okay, why not? Let's give it a try. At this time, I didn't know if I'm going to enjoy it, what kind of coach uh, I would be, what would be my identity as a coach, do I enjoy it, not maybe I'm a bad goalkeeper coach because if you were a good player or a good goalkeeper, it doesn't mean you automatically become a good coach. So my agreement with Portland was uh, I give it a try for one season and let's go from there. And I'm not lying. Day one, I loved, I loved coaching. I loved coaching. I love uh, the detail. I like to develop goalkeepers and it's just, it's just uh, makes me so happy to see how the goalkeepers are developing. And getting better and I just love to do that.
0: Is it the next best thing do you think to playing for you?
1: Oh 100% I, I'm, I'm glad I retired because I don't have the pressure every weekend anymore but I, I just I just love to see my goalkeepers when when we worked on different things and and then in the game they show that they improved and that this makes me the happiest person and uh, every little steps I mean as a club coach you have so much time to work with your goalkeeper on every little detail I love every detail I'm very detail orientated and if it pays off then it makes me very happy and uh, makes me even more motivated to grow as a coach and to make sure that I'm always a step ahead of my goalkeepers and bring them step by step to the next level
0: how different is it out in america um, coaching and that out there compared to back in Europe, have you noticed big differences in the football?
1: Yes, I did. Um, so first of all, I love, I love to be in America. I love to be in the NWSL. I think it's it's an amazing league. It's very competitive, but it is different when you are from Europe. So especially growing up as a player in Potsdam with a very tough coach, or even then with Sylvia Knight as a national team coach. Yeah, you're used to no fluff, very directness. And yeah, this is where I had to adjust the most. In America, it's the way how they word things. It's a little bit different than in Europe. I hope I said it diplomatic enough. (laughs) No, it's, it's just that the way how they talk to each other, the way how you give feedback is not as direct. I said, May is in Europe. So, and this is what I had to learn, and which is fine. I, I choose to live in America. I choose to be here. So I had to adjust with, yeah, in, in things how I give feedback. That was the biggest transition without upsetting anyone. But nowadays, my goalkeepers they say I'm more American and they are more German because now they are like, no, 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 you can be tougher and harder to us now. So meanwhile, I think they are more German than I am, and I'm more American than, than they are sometimes.
0: So you're going soft, do you think?
1: I I, th- I think I <laughs> have, have a big soft spot now. So then especially talking to Almut Schultz, we are very good friends. And she was like, Jesus, what happened to you? Can you talk <laughs> normal to me? I'm uh, like, OK, good.
0: <laughs> you are a trailblazer for women in football and now in coaching as well. There are more women coming into coaching. We've spoken to other people on this podcast and there's clearly more women wanting to coach. But how do we increase that number even more?
1: Not just encourage uh, encourage every former player. I mean, their knowledge is priceless. Like I said, Nowadays, uh, to see what opportunities women get. If you see, like, now in Chelsea, in Lyon, here in Portland, or I mean, everywhere worldwide, more women have, like, head coaches' job. And I think this should be a big motivation for every former player, for every female, even if you're not a former player, just to go into coaching because the opportunities are there. And then to try to grow as a coach, to learn, and it, I think... I just would encourage every woman to go into coaching and take an opportunity and learn and grow. I think it's it's the best job in the world.
0: Are the routes and the kind of qualifications and the way into coaching, is it accessible? Do you feel like ex-players or other coaches are supportive well enough to know how they can get to that point?
1: I, I think so. I mean, nowadays there are so many courses and special courses for former players and federations offer a good amount of of training coaching Mm -hmm. courses but yeah i think it could be of course could be always better and i think there is a lot of access to become a coach
0: what about a grassroots level as well? Missly, I know you're not coaching at a grassroots level, but is it just as important to invest in coaches at those levels as well so they can follow a pathway through? Yeah,
1: that's perfect. I mean, as soon as you choose to become a coach, it doesn't matter which level. It doesn't matter. I think it's up to you how proactive you do something. How, how much are you willing to invest in, in your own growth? How much do you w- want to invest Uh, and time and to grow. And I think it doesn't matter if it's on the highest level, pro level, league level, uh, a club level or academy level. There are so many opportunities. If you pursue a coaching job, just go for it, grow, take any opportunity and yeah, go all in.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about goalkeepers then because I can't talk to you without talking about the art of goalkeeping. You're clearly so incredibly passionate about it who's the best goalkeeper in the world for you right now
1: um i have two and my number one is kaylin sheridan from canada i think she's an incredible talent A very young goalkeeper but for me i think she's already currently the best goalkeeper in the world but with more games and more experience she for sure will be the best goalkeeper in the world and i'm not saying this now because she's a very close friend of mine but I'm with If she's fit, if she's ready, I think she's one of the most completed goalkeepers in the world as well. And I, I'm saying this seriously, not because only she's a, a friend of, of mine. I truly mean that.
0: In terms of goalkeeping, at times, there's been criticism of it in the women's game. But would you say it's one of the areas that's most improved and that now we are getting to see some of the best keepers in the women's game on show?
1: it it definitely definitely has uh, improved that no no question about this and i think years ago there was no focus on on goalkeepers it was very rare that club teams had like a full time goalkeeper coach it was like uh yeah someone comes in and helps the goalkeeper a little bit so there was no education no development so it was correct that The goalkeepers got criticized. That was correct because the performances weren't good. But on the flip side, there was no education, so I wouldn't support the criticism because there was no education. So it's hard for a goalkeeper not getting like good training on a daily basis and then suddenly to perform in a World Cup or something. So I think this is very harsh and uh, yeah, very unfair. But nowadays, I think it massively. Has improved. I still see so much growth. What's what's needed to to get better better goalkeepers? But step by step, uh, but there's still a lot of things to do. I think.
0: Give us some context. How recent has this proper support come in for goalkeepers? When did it really improve? I think as soon
1: as um, the club teams became more professional, when club teams were willing to invest more money and when clubs and teams found out that a goalkeeper is a very very critical position in a team you can lose a game because of a goalkeeper but you also can win games because of a goalkeeper and i think head coaches they put so much work into daily work with the team and then you lose a game because you have a goalkeeper who's not educated or never got a chance to get educated. And I think that's when clubs became willing to invest more in goalkeeper coaches and, and also invest like in their growth as well, it means like pay for um, goalkeeper courses. Even now you are able to do your A license as a goalkeeper coach, stuff like this. I think the interaction between within the goalkeeper coaches group has improved and um, share things, um, share like knowledge. And I think in the end, it pays off for for the goalkeepers.
0: Okay, let's bring the chat back round to the Euros this summer. Tell us, how are you going to be watching the tournament? I imagine you're going to have to be watching it from afar.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I think, uh, yeah, uh, I will be in the US during the Euros. So, yeah, I hope uh, I can watch as much Games as possible here in the stadium, um, because we will have training uh, every day. So I think actually I'm going to watch it in a coach's office.
0: There you go. You can pretend it's work, can't you? You can say it's work. You need to be watching all of the goalkeepers around the world. So you've got to watch the Euros.
1: I know, I know, and I try to to, to, <laughs> to gain as much time as possible to get go out on the field as late as possible to watch as as many uh, games as possible and i'm seriously i'm most interested in the goalkeepers that's that's where my passion is that's where my heart is with the goalkeepers
0: other than the goalkeepers you mentioned who are you going to be keeping a close eye on which goalkeepers do you think are really going to perform this summer
1: um yeah i'm i'm excited uh, of course the, the english goalkeepers let's see how they are doing but I, I in, in, in general I can't pick one goalkeeper. But overall I'm very interested if the level has increased. In how where, where, where goalkeepers are standing, where there's still like areas there yeah, where's weakness where I can learn what I can learn from the Euros. So and of course maybe I find a goalkeeper who comes on our list as well. <laughs>
0: Scouting, yeah, trying to find the next um, hot stopper. Well, if you aren't at training when the games are going on, maybe you'd want to, I don't know, order in some food to have while you're watching. This podcast is, of course, with Just Eats. We've been asking everyone, when you watch football, what's your go-to takeaway?
1: So it doesn't matter if it's 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., I don't care, or noon. I always eat fish tacos.
0: Fish tacos, I like that. I'll have to try those myself. Is there a meal that you maybe always associate with football? Maybe during your playing days, it was a celebratory meal or something you always ate?
1: It sounds weird, but it was. it's the truth. I always had fish tacos. It was the last meal before a match.
0: So it was the last meal before the match, and now it's the meal that you have when you're watching a match?
1: Exactly. That's the fish tacos.
0: What about after a match? If you wanted to have a bit of a celebration, don't tell me you had fish tacos again.
1: <laughs> after the games, I don't eat and I have a beer.
0: Okay, I like that answer. A girl after my own heart. (laughs) Okay, well, another thing, Nadine, that we've been asking all of our guests, this podcast is called Hot Takes. So we ask for a hot take. And for you, we're going to ask your hot take on coaching.
1: I can predict something. I think during the Euros, at least one coach will get a red card. I love that. Because I see so many emotional coaches on the sideline where I'm like, oh, my God. One of them is definitely getting a red card.
0: Come on, tell me which coach. It's not like anyone's listening. No, no,
1: no, no, (laughs) no. I think this person knows. I I tell you after the Euros, okay? And then I'm pretty sure I will be right.
0: Okay, well, Nadine, I've got your contact details. I want to know, if it happens at the Euros, you've got to get in touch straight away. I wish you'd tell us now, but I understand the coaching kind of union and that. You don't want to say it and then be wrong. I get it, I get it.
1: I I promise you, I'll let you know immediately.
0: Okay, I'm intrigued now. I'm really intrigued. Um, Nadine, thank you so much for joining us on Hot Takes today. You've left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, a massive hot take. There is going to be a red card to a coach at this summer's Euros. I can't wait to see if this happens and see who it happens to. It's been so good to have you on today. Enjoy the rest of the summer. I'll let you get back to your busy coaching. You got a coaching session today?
1: Oh, they're waiting already.
0: And well, thank you so much once again. This has been UA for Women's Euro 20, 22 Hot Takes. I'm Kelly Summers. We'll see you next time.